a podcast oh my god it's our first one in quarantine and it's only appropriate that i do this with legends because as if i'm not already nervous enough to make sure this goes off without a hitch we're talking to two legends in the game today with an interview with some with some tidbits that we've always wanted to know about your favorite cult classics with an s and um we're gonna get into it guys and it's your girl natasha again if you didn't remember it's been so long. <laughs> All right. So today, I want you to welcome to the show actors, producers, Broadway stars, a restaurateur, hmm, and everything else in between. Dads, husbands, ex-husbands, all of the above. Please welcome Leon and Re Robert Townsend to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've never had an intro like that. <laughs> exactly, me either. I didn't. I didn't know what applied to me and what didn't. Hey, that's why. That's why y'all are here. We're gonna find out. We're gonna find out. So you guys, the reason why they're here, but we're of course going to talk about some other things. The reason why they're here is to talk about the docu-series, the making of the Five Heartbeats, which is streaming right now on UMC. Get it in your life. There's even a free trial. Don't be, don't be broke and, and stingy with your money. Get the free trial at least and watch this docu documentary. So I actually watched, rewatched the five heartbeats last night because I was about eight when it came out and I haven't seen it since around then. So I was like, oh my God, I need to remember what is happening, what's going on. So I rewatched it and it was everything once again. Um, so we're going to talk about the documentary where you all gave some tidbits about what happened, what didn't happen, and all those things. So first off, Robert, I am a Chicago native as well. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We love Chicago. Chicago. I love Chicago. But like really Chicago, not the suburbs. Oh, so I'm same here. Real deal. I mean, okay. I'm from the West. Are you South Side or West Side? South Side. I'm in the West Side, you know, the hood, hood. <laughs> I mean, now yeah. all of Chicago. I, I, is kind obviously, of... obviously, there's levels of hood. <laughs> the West Side did used to be quite <laughs> hood, but now I feel like it's all what it, it all is what and what at this point. I grew up on the South Side, aiding the Western. I go back every Christmas, every holiday because my entire family's still there. So, yeah, it's a different beast now, but I still love it, you know. And Leon, you're from Brooklyn, right? Nope. Mount Vernon. New York somewhere. New York. Born in Mount Sinai Hospital, New York City, Manhattan. Oh. Raised in Mount Vernon in the Bronx. Oh, the Bronx. I got you. Like everybody's from the Bronx. Everybody. Um, all right. So what I want to talk to you guys today about is, of course, your docu documentary, but also just about the, the industry in general. I mean, it's very rare that we get to talk to people who have been in it for, um, who've been in it and flourishing for multiple decades and has seen it in all its, in all its glory, all its horribleness, all its everything. So I like to get tidbits from people like you to know, like, what's the real deal? Um, so, okay. Let's see where to start here. Um, first of all, did you all watch the Clark Sisters uh, documentary yet? 
Uh, I did. Yeah, yeah. You mean you mean the? Uh, it's not a, it's the bi- well, okay. Sorry, the bio, the biopic. Biopic, right, 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 right. Yeah. You did. How do y'all feel about? Because I feel like now everybody. I, I not seen it. I'm dying to see it. I, um, I. Oh wait, he's a little frozen. You there? Leon, you're frozen. Okay, you're back. Okay, yeah. I, did you hear what I said? No. No. Again, oh, oh, I said that um, I haven't seen it myself personally, but I hear someone that I've worked with a few times really does a great job, Angie New Orleans, and I'm looking forward yes. to seeing it. Yes, yes. Who's from my other hometown of New Orleans or Louisiana. Um, and do y'all feel like the, like it's right now, it's just like everybody has a documentary, everybody has a biopic, everybody has a making of. Is that why it's almost like the right time to do it? Is that why you all decide to do it? It came out in 2018. Is that why you all decided to do it now to give people like, okay, since everybody cares about what went into things in these cult classics and these, the legends of the game and stuff like that. Now's the time to really tell y'all the behind the scenes of how we did this. Is that the reason? No, That's I mean, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the thing that I would say is that, um, no, I, I mean, I had been thinking about doing a documentary for years. I just didn't know, you know, how to do it. And then, you know, stuff happens when it happens and you go like, oh, this is how I can tell the story uh, of the, because I, I didn't want it to be like a regular documentary. So when you right. see the documentary, it's kind of, uh, it's like a movie onto itself. It's the journey of an artist. You know, it was my second movie and trying to figure out how to make a movie. And it's, it's everything that went right and everything that went wrong. But I wasn't, I wasn't trying to time it on like, everybody's doing it now. I was just doing it because the fans go, they, they always stop me or Leon and they say, how did y'all make that movie? And they were right. always asking questions. I mean, wouldn't you say, Leon, I mean, isn't it the same, the fan? Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the biggest question is always, you know, <laughs> you know, when are we doing the part two? That's always the biggest question. Well, we I was going to get that. to that. Yeah, we always get to that. And, um, but you know, the real funny question, the, the real funny question that I get, and I know Robert's got this too, and we see a lot of it now that we're doing press for the documentary, is how many people thought the Five Poppies was a real group. I, honestly, know? until I rewatched it and researched, I thought that th- this entire time I've been alive. That's what I thought. And you know, it's funny though, and it, it took me a while to catch on too, because I would be in airports sometimes, right? Going through security, whatever. And someone would say, yo, man, when, yo, yo, when y'all going on tour, man? I can't <laughs> wait to see y'all. Now, then you have to realize, I have a band. Leon oh, yes. Yeah, so you're so like, oh, sure. I'm, I'm getting big head. I'm like, damn, my band blowing up. Boy, people yeah. ask me in the airport. And I didn't realize after a while, they asking me about the five heartbeats, not my band. But wait, <laughs> did you all sing? Because I saw conflicting stories. Were you all actually singing in the five heartbeats? No. Well, no. Well, here, here's okay. the thing. You, you know, uh, everybody can sing, but I, I had a certain sound that I wanted the, the, the groups not to have. Not everybody. Not everybody. Who, who couldn't sing? Who couldn't do not it? Every, we ain't going there, but he knows. <laughs> it wasn't Choir Boy. Who was it? I ain't going to say no names. <laughs> like, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, uh, as a matter of fact, I posted a, uh, a video today on social media where the singers, uh, John McClain brought a lot of the singers together, like for Flash and the Ebony Sparks, for, you know, Bird and the Midnight Falcons. 
a lot of them can't sing. So I had to cast the voices. So all of the voices were cast. So today I posted a clip of a lot of the singers when we had our first session. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, so, so it was one thing when I wrote the script, but it was another thing to say, what, is the, what does it sound like, you right, know? Right. And I wanted everybody to sound like, I wanted- uh, That Motown uh, like, sound. Yeah, so yeah. that's why I wanted uh, uh, Eddie King to have a ruffle, you know, a, a rough voice, and uh -huh. we all had different sounds. Uh-huh, but the, okay, so the house is not a home song. Did the Dells do that first, or did you all do that first? We did it first. Um, what happened was we were in the recording studio with studio singers, like Howard Johnson uh, is one of the singers. Uh, D. Harvey was one of the singers. And so we went into the studio with them and I directed kind of like what I wanted it to sound like at all the levels and all of that. Then on set, we all lip sync to it. And the Dells, the group, did it as, like, it was like a real single. It was on the radio. I remember that when yeah, I was little. They did the sound. John McClain put together the soundtrack, and on the soundtrack was the it Dells was and the Patti LaBelle, and it was just like all these different people. I think sound. that's what got people kind of messed up, is that it sounded just like you guys. So I was like, oh, I mean, the Five Heartbeats are singing the song, and maybe, I don't know. Who came first? Chicken or the egg? I don't know. Now frozen, I get it. Who me? Frozen. Oh, Leon's frozen. You're frozen. Leon's frozen. But but you know, after seven did one of the songs too. So mm -hmm. after seven did nights like this. You're so <laughs> so you had the, the Dells do a hard as a house for love, and then you had after seven do uh -huh. nights like this. See, that's what people got it messed up. Everybody sounded like perfection. So how are we supposed to know? It looked like perfection when you all are doing it, so we're like clearly they're the ones singing it. Um, okay, so what I do? You know, you know what that's called, right? Acting. Don't don't try to play me. Don't try to do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me tell you. So we had we had grueling, grueling rehearsals for seven weeks. Okay, Jeez. and in those rehearsals, we are singing those songs outright with the track. I mean, to the point where you're not supposed to know this, not us. Yeah. And, um, you know, and very much, you know, the way you do it on, you know, Robbie can, can jump in on this. It's the way you do it on most movies, even with your own vocals. You're going to go in the studio and record your vocals. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to go during the movie and actually lip sync or sing along with it because there's no way you could possibly control that sound quality that you would have. Right. Um, it reminded me, like, once I rewatched it, it was basically... I mean, obviously, you all came first. The, the, the Five Heartbeats movie came first. But it reminded me so much of the New Edition story. I was like, basically, I was going to ask, okay, why don't we do it? Can we please do a second part? I'm sure everybody's asking for a reboot, a remake, a part two, or something. But I feel like we just got it with the New Edition story. It felt like, because they had grueling, grueling uh, um, rehearsals for several weeks, if not months as well. I mean, you couldn't tell me that was not actually New Edition up in that movie. Like, it just, and the storylines were similar. It just reminded me of it so much. And I'm like, man, they really, like, led the game they were ahead of their time with telling this type of story about um boy bands of you know of of the sorts it's so crazy to me well you know you know here's the thing new edition and the temptations 
you know, that Leon did, right. they all, those are based on real groups. I mean, right, right. heartbeats is fictitious. I mean, Leon can really speak to, you know, like the temptations because right. you got a double, <laughs> he's like on, online, they always have a debate on five heartbeats and temptations. So he's the only one that could answer. It. <laughs> right. That's why everybody thinks that that's really you, Leon. Cause I mean, you, you plan everybody and you can actually sing too. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you know, the thing with me is that, um, you know, I, I just feel totally blessed to be part of both movies, you know, and they are totally different to me because people always ask what's the difference. And the, the biggest difference for me is that, you know, when you're an actor, my, my job, is, other than being a storyteller, is to bring uh, characters to life that a writer wrote. That is what my job is to make him real, you know, and as good as the story is, is how good I will be. And with the Temptations, it's a different situation because, you know, <laughs> it's like Robert said, it's a real group. Right. And so the story's already great. The story's already there. Right. What we have to do is present it to you, you know, and then there's an added responsibility that comes with that. It doesn't come with something like the Five Heartbeats because anytime I take on a role where I actually have to play someone who walked and talked on this earth, who has relatives, family members, and friends, I feel an extra responsibility to capture this. Right, correctly, right. Because, you know, you owe it to them. You owe it to the people that actually knew them, not to put some false representation of them on screen. Right, right. Um, who, while I was watching this, now I see what I have four older sisters. Um, so they were like obsessed with this when this when this movie came out. And now I see what everybody was like, the way I used to act with Usher and even like Chris Brown a little bit, that's how they acted with everybody on screen during the five heartbeats. You couldn't tell them y'all weren't a real group. They was trying to date everybody. They had heart, y'all were their heartthrobs. It was so funny to me. But then, it, then I was like, in real life though, who was really pulling all the women? Who was doing it while y'all were filming? I have a I have a guess. Who what is your guess? What is your guess? This one right here in my bottom left corner, Mr. Leon. It's it's all so in the documentary, <laughs> there is a okay, so there's some confusion in the documentary because <laughs> at one point the police the police came to me and they said, Mr. Townsend, we're smelling marijuana smoke on your set. We also are finding a lot of condoms in the trailers. No, sir. And so I have an emergency meeting with everybody and I say, who is doing it? Who <laughs> is doing it? Whoever is doing it, stop. And everybody goes like, no, man, I don't know. I don't know. It's not, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And so um, it's in the documentary. So Leon, you want to answer? Yeah, definitely. Um, wasn't me. Wasn't me, but. <laughs> Wasn't me, but but Robert, you got you got to tell the story. You got to tell you forget you forget this story, okay? You forget that we had to have security outside of my trailer because people really I, thought you were like it. No, oh, in between scenes, I walked into my trailer, and a and a woman, an extra, was there laying on my couch naked. Honey, she, I'm trying to tell y'all. They that, thought y'all were the real and people. Ever since then, they had security guy in front of my trailer. What did you do? What happened okay. to the lady? Truth, truth, Leanne. So that was the one naked woman. There were two <laughs> other ones. Well, Leanne I didn't know that it. one. I didn't know that one. That's why I got scared. I bet you you didn't put her out though. Just saying. Just saying. 
I was watching this like, I know, I can already see what used to happen back in the day. I can definitely see it. Um, okay, wait, Leon's frozen again. I'll keep going though. Um, I also wanted to know. You're, uh, you're frozen, you're frozen. I know. Me and Robert are not frozen. <laughs> yeah, you're frozen, Leon. We're not. I can see she's moving fine in mine. Okay, now you're back. We're not now frozen over here. We're doing well. Yeah, yeah, what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah, you were frozen there for a second. I don't know what mm -hmm. happened. Um, yeah. So what brought that up to me is because I would have definitely, if I was old enough, I definitely would have like had a major crush on everybody. But the things that were said in that movie, the toxic masculinity at times, I was like, who, like, who was actually most, most like their character? Uh, <laughs> I think we were all, I think we were all like our characters. I think a little bit, I mean, you know, you got to understand, I was doing triple duty as writer, yes. as director, and actor. And so I was kind of like Duck. I was very passionate, you know. Um, Michael is a brilliant artist, genius, and so he brought some madness. Tico is innocent like choir boy. Harry, you know, Harry is the, is the, is the ground, <laughs> is the is dresser, you know, we got to do this. And, and Leon, here's the thing. He wasn't, he, we could only call him JT on yes. set, but never call him Leon. And he played his part. He was in the extras, the women. I mean, the only thing that I would say, and you see it in the documentary, it got a little crazy on set because I think at one point, you know, uh, 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 JT and Eddie got into it. You know, I, I think it. there was a lot, there was a lot, because all those women, it was so many beautiful women and I'm like, mm -hmm. director boy, so I'm over here to this, mm -hmm. but I think, that when they start, when we started to perform, you know, and then the women scream, you know, like they're screaming for Leon, then Eddie hits the long right. note, you know what I mean? So there is that real, it, yeah, it, it really showed up for real, where, you know, because we had all those fine girls there. Eddie hit the wrong you, note. Leon, you weigh in, Leon, you weigh in. I mean, you tell me what you Well, mean. I mean, yeah, Roberts is right to, to that degree. I mean, I was very much JT. I, I was JT the entire time we were filming. So yeah, um, me and the women, well, that brings me to. Um, yeah. Yeah, we got, but wait, wait, wait. I, I can't let <laughs> He knows that. He, he knows. He's trying to skip. He want to go on to. He was the stuff. nicest guy. He was just no, trying no, to be with his no, love, Robert, and you stole me, him for. You stole her. Robert. Robert is the producer, the writer, the director. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anything's happening on that set, he's the puppeteer. Okay. He's pulling the strings. Okay. <laughs> now, no, wait a second. Now, listen. I'm gonna ask you a question. You forming a group, okay? Mm -hmm. You're doing a movie. Now, usually, right, the lead singer of the group is the heartthrob. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. He, had, he hires a lead singer, uh -huh. and he hires a heartthrob. I mean... So what do you think is going to happen when all the girls start coming around? That people will be professional, <laughs> but y'all just couldn't handle it. Y'all just couldn't what handle you mean? it. We, we were, I was very professional about what I was doing. Thank you mm -hmm. very much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love it. I love every bit of it. I would have definitely had a crush on y'all if I was old enough. I loved all of that. Um, so that brings me to, while Leon, you especially, while y'all were, while I was watching this from, oh my God, I just had a birthday on Friday, so 38. As a 38-year-old woman, I was like, damn. Um, how... How, now I see why Cynthia Bailey, I get it. I'm a Housewives fan, so I'm referencing Cynthia. That's why. 
wow, I get it. How did you pull Cynthia Bailey? How did I pull her? Yes, how did you pull her? I would say how did she pull you because I get it after watching that, but I also want to know how did you pull her too? Well, just He's a pimp. Know, He's I a knew pimp. it, I knew it. <laughs> I do have a, a past occupation, yes I do. But we ain't going there, this is about my acting, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> You know, I, you know, contrary to what people thought, because Robert released that clip in the movie where Cynthia auditioned, I didn't know Cynthia. I didn't know who the hell Cynthia was or anything at that point. I wasn't even on Cynthia's um, Radar. wish list until yeah. after <laughs> Waiting Exhale. After Waiting Exhale is when I got on her wish list, I guess. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, um, and actually, you know, my, my meeting with Cynthia was, um, was very strange, to be honest with you. Um, I went to a fashion show for BET, they were having a big fashion show. And I went with the, um, the CEO and owner of BET at the time, Bob Johnson. And uh, Cynthia was there with some friends, but Cynthia wasn't in the show. She was a really big model at that time, you know? So she was, she, she was too big to be in that show. So she was just going there to lend oh, support. Okay. And I saw her from a distance. And I said to my friend, I said, I know this is gonna sound crazy to you, right? See that girl over there? She looked like the mother of my child. And he said, you ain't got no goddamn children. I said, I know. That's what, what I just said sounds so crazy. Listen now, let me get some water. Cause... Wow. I know, it, it, I know, it's crazy to this day. That, it was nuts. Mm. And, she went, and the funny thing is, she wouldn't even look at me. I came over and meet her, and it's like, she could barely look at me. And then I got a phone call from a friend who was like brokering the deal. <laughs> now you see why she could barely look at you? See, no, because, no, because women she no, because she already, she already liked me. Exactly. Us women know. We can't be looking at certain things. She already liked me before I came over there. So, I, so that's why she wouldn't even look at me. And I said to her friend, she won't even look at me when I talk to her. And she said, don't worry about that. That's because men like you, wow. we already know it's gonna be a wrap if we if we if we get caught in that stance. It, we can't. We don't have no more power. That's all the power we got. We just can't look. Okay, that's why. <laughs> so she did end up becoming the mother of your kid. And um, Robert, you have three kids, right? I got four kids. Yeah, four. Okay. Well, I know two are at least two are in the industry and wanting to be actors, singers, things like that. And yes. same thing with you, Leon. Noel is so cute. No, 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 no. Robert's kids aren't wanting to be anything. They are. They are. They are. Yes. But I mean, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, still still putting forth the grind and still making their right. own way. But right. for sure, definitely doing it. Um, and Leon Noel's doing the same thing. Um, how do you all, I love asking this question to, to parents who have already done it. Um, I asked this to Master P when I interviewed him, and um, I say this about Diddy a lot too. I love when parents make their kids work and grind and go through it instead of just relying solely on nepotism and solely on access and solely on, you know, oh, well, somebody can give me the hookup. That's good. I mean, I believe in getting the hookup when you can, but instilling in your kids, no, you still got to work. You still got to rehearse. You still got to take classes. You still got to put it in just like I did. Is that something you're like a big, you make sure that your kids do if this is what they actually want to do? Most definitely. Because for a simple reason, and Robert is a test to it, as, as well as I. Yeah, I might be able to get you in a room. I might even get you a job or two. But I can't get you a career. Right. 
I can't get you doing this three decades, four decades later, like Robert Townsend and I, unless you put the work in. Exactly. exactly. No, I, I would, I would agree. I mean, I think that, um, you know, like my daughter, Sky, she mm -hmm. just released her podcast. Uh, it's called Unpack and Bounce Back with her and her cousin, you know, Raina. Aww. And it is really a good podcast. It just got, it, it's on the uh, podcast app. Uh -huh. And so, you know, but, you know, when she was little and she was talking about acting and stuff, I was like, no, you're really going to have to go to class and you have to work on your chops because I don't want, you know, the other thing is I take this very serious, what I do, and I don't want to just say, okay, and then you have your kid in there and they can't act, they can't do anything. Well, you know, that's his kid. So part of the thing is that uh, I do encourage them to work really hard on their craft. I agree with that. I love that. And they're obviously doing well. Um, how did you feel? Oh, what I also love is, I don't know if you all do it yourselves too much, but this whole TikTok craze or whatever. So Noelle is so good at it. Like I follow her. She's hilarious to me on it. Um, Robert, I don't know if Sky and um, the, the kids do it on there. They probably do. Everybody does. Um, but do y'all, are y'all like joining in with the kids on stuff like that? I'm not. I haven't. No, no sure. I'm not doing it. <laughs> but I'm it's a good, it, to me, it's like a good platform. You can really see people that you didn't necessarily know that they had certain talents. And now I'm like, whoa, this, this chick should be acting. This chick should be a comedian. Like, it's hilarious. And I think they're great. Just well, the thing, I, the thing with TikTok with me is I get sent a TikTok video twice a day, every day sometimes, um, yeah. of people doing my scenes. Love and, it. and at first, I'm sorry, thing fell. At mm -hmm. first, I didn't know what was going on. I wasn't mm -hmm. hip to tip top. Right. So I'm like, and you know what I'm saying? So I'm seeing people do scenes and kind of dress like, but I'm hearing my voice. <laughs> You're like, what the I'm hell like, is going on? I'm like, and I didn't know about the app or nothing. I'm like, well, people really have gone to great lengths to capture my voice quality mm -hmm. and everything from their TV and everything. I didn't know it was an app. Right. So I'm like, man. They, and at first, I didn't even know. So I heard somebody, because people always saying, I always get these things like, my boyfriend looks like you, don't he? Or I look like you, don't I? And they, meanwhile, I don't look nothing like me. Of course. So with this guy, when it first heard the TikTok thing, I would hear my voice first before I saw mm -hmm. the picture. I'd be like, I'm like it's a wacky app. <laughs> <laughs> and it'd be something there. It'd be, it, could be, it could be a young girl or whatever, just yep. playing David Ruffin, or yep. playing JT, or playing Doris Baddock for Corona. And with my voice, and I and I was like, "Wow, okay, this is must be some new." You thing. and Noel, you and Noel should do a TikTok situation. I'm sure she can find one with your voice in it, and y'all should act out a scene. That would be epic. No, well, I, I I personally wouldn't do that, but we are going to no? do something. On it. We are going to do something. Okay, soon okay, yeah, yeah. love to see, love it. Um, so both of you all obviously are like you know parts of cult classics. What I want to know is, Mr. Townsend. Mm -hmm. We're going to need that reboot of the Parenthood, like yesterday. <laughs> what, what needs to happen? This is like one of my favorite shows. When I ask my team and my sisters, hey, guys, what kind of questions y'all want me to ask them? Or like, what questions do you have? When's that Parenthood reboot coming back? I'm like, stop, mm. stop. But I will ask because I love it. I'm sure Reagan would be down for it. We love Reagan Gomez, by the way. Um, what, what's happening with that if one is happening? Please tell me. Well, you know, you, you know, the thing that I would say is like, it's kind of really hard for me because with my body of work, people are always asking for a reboot of some. So some people, you know, on any given day, somebody will say, hey, you're going to, 
do a sequel to the five heartbeats hey a reboot of baps hey is there another jackie's back you know hey i love holiday heart you know so because i've created you know different things you know I, and i still have all these ideas in my head so i don't look at reboots so much as like what's the new stuff so i'm not you know because it's yeah. like meteor man you can do meteor man too <laughs> There's all this stuff. And so, uh, you know, I've been blessed that people would want to see something that I've done again. So, but there's so many ideas in my head. I'm just trying to get these next ideas out. So right, right. now there's no reboots in my head. Okay. We're going to stay on you about it though. I mean, we, we like new stuff too, but we, if everybody else can do a reboot and a lot of these reboots do are not good, by the way, and a lot of them have no black people in them. I like, I like how you said that. And a lot of them are not good. They're them. not good. And I mean, barely, rarely will you see a black sitcom rebooted. You see every other sitcom on earth rebooted. That's just not good. And I'm like, okay, where, where are ours that were killing it in the 90s? So, I'll Well, you know, I, one thing I'd like to say um, on Robert's behalf is that, you know, there's a lot of people in this business and, and I don't blame them because we're out here, you know, we have to support ourselves and this is a business for us and how we support our family. You know, we, um, we're living off our past. We're living off constantly trying to either, you know, reboot something we did before or try to make people remember what we did before. And Robert's never been that guy. Robert's always been a guy moving forward. To innovate, correct. You know? mm -hmm. And it's like, I believe personally that Robert would do a reboot of the parenthood if in robert's head he saw something new there mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying in yes. his head he said oh wow i could see this taking this a whole other direction and this would be this and that that's the reason that, that's the reason i think robert I, so you correct me if i'm wrong that's when you would no. consider something. right you but want some way to just to try to redo something you've already done before i never i i, I don't see robert as that kind of guy you, you, you know, th th thank you. The only, the only thing I've ever revisited is doing this documentary, Making right. Five Heartbeats, because right. there's a whole life behind the camera that people had no idea. And right. because, you know, people love the film. This is the only time I've revisited, you know, when people talk about, like you just said a second ago about New Edition, those guys really live the stuff. Right. You know, we, we play <laughs> characters. Right. But, you know, to revisit something, I got to really, Leon is absolutely right. I got to really find an angle for it. Right. I got you. I got you. So one of the things that, um, that you all talked about is um, making, after making the script, which, by the way, um, Keenan Ivory Williams was a part of it originally, right? Yeah, Keenan, Keenan wrote the script with me. Okay. We originally. wrote it together. But then it took so long for it to come out and he had to step away and do, I guess, in living color at the time in living color yes okay um so i get that what i want to talk to you about is you talked about how everybody passed on it at first and you had to keep going to certain studios and certain people and saying hey we got this screenplay we got this we got this story this we want to we want to produce this this movie and everybody kept passing until you finally got a yes what is that process like and have you seen any change in i don't know if it's because of the powers that be that reason that things like this get passed on or if it's just people can't don't have forethought or people just can't relate um has anything changed or improved 
in this industry when it comes to black stories like this being told? Well, I, th I think it has gotten better. I mean, like we were just talking about the Clark sisters as a biopic. Right. I thought that was really well done. I, you know, like I said, the, the lead performance is, she's amazing. She should get nominated for every award. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think times have gotten better. There's always room for more. You know what I mean? I mean, when I think in terms of uh, Shonda Rhimes, I think in terms of Lena Waithe, you know, they're doing some really great work. Uh, I just think that, um, you know, it's it's always going to be a battle for the stories you want to tell, like the five heartbeats. You got to understand, I'm talking about doing a period piece. I'm talking about the 60s. Everybody else is doing stuff, you know, back then in the 90s. And I want to go to the 60s and the cost, everything. So I understood why there was pushback. But I just thought, you know, in my mind, in my soul, this is a great story. Everybody would want to see it. And I wasn't wrong. And it just took a second for it to, you know, catch on fire. Right, right. And getting constant no's in this business is hard to just keep it moving. So what kind of advice do you give people, especially creators, especially directors and writers, um, somebody like Alina Waithe or Ava DuVernay in the making, how do they keep going when they're constantly, for every yes they get, they've gotten 25 no's before that. How do they keep going to number 26 so they don't just quit and stop? I'll take that one. Um, sure. For one thing, don't get into this business if you can't take a no. Because if you if someone says no to you nine out of ten times, you're one of the most successful people in the business. So you gotta realize this is a business where people are gonna say no to you all the time. And you should only do it because there's a burning desire in you right. to do this, because that's what you're gonna have to call upon when you're getting those notes. That's the only thing you have, man. Robert to tell you, we can all tell you, man. You know, the only thing you have is when you get back to your house and your room and you didn't heard another no, is <laughs> that person in the mirror telling you, yo, <laughs> let's go out and get another one. <laughs> right. You just keep on pushing because it's inside of you and you have to get it out. And I tell young people that all the time, don't get into this. I know you all looking to be famous and stuff like that and get your 15 minutes of fame. But you got to realize a life in which this is your burning desire and people are telling you no. Do you know what that feels like? It's not a good feeling. I mean, I, but, I've experienced this. So I know it's easy what it for us like. to push on. <laughs> it's easy for us to push on because we know that's what we have to do. We got to get that yes. Yeah. And if yeah. we can't get that yes with someone, then you do even like Robert does. You make your yes. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Got to create, and it's, it's helpful that now we have things like Netflix and Hulu and Prime and even UMC and, and um, all these networks now that it's kind of like, okay, if the major studios are like, hell no, we're not here for this, there's always independent folks you can go to who are always looking for, you know, what, what the powers that be couldn't, couldn't see and what they couldn't understand and everything's going to be a hit Anyway, um, so I want to talk to you about, um, hmm, what is your favorite documentary of the last two years besides yours? My favorite documentary uh, that I've seen in the last, uh, what, um, 
there was, I, you know, I'm going blank, you know, because I've been watching, uh, I've been, <laughs> I've been watching Ozark, <laughs> so I've been in the yes. That's you my favorite. Too. I, you, where you at? I'm finished. I just finished the season. Let's I mean, finish. Nope. Nope. Can't talk about it. Some okay. of us have not finished or even started season three. Okay? It is so. It is so good. I, I can't. You know, here's the thing. I can't name a documentary, but the last movie I saw that I really enjoyed a lot was 1917. That okay. was. Uh, I, I just really love that movie. And I also liked um, Judy uh, with mm. Renee Zellweger. Because, mm. you know, I vote for the Academy. Yes. So, uh, so that, Come those on, are Flex. two performances that I saw that I loved. Love it. Yeah, probably the best, the, the, I've been seeing it quite a few movies. Probably the best documentary that I've seen that I remember that I was recommending to people as of late would be the Pavarotti documentary by Ron Howard. Oh, um, I went to the screening of that, and you know, and this is—he's such an iconic figure that I knew nothing about. Right. So to watch this documentary and to uncover the layers of this man—that probably, even if you don't listen to opera, if someone says Pavarotti, you know who it is. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. it was interesting to see this documentary that, of course, Ron Howard did very well, and I, you know, right. that—that's that's a documentary that I really like. Right, and I gotta see, I gotta watch it. Yeah, and as Chicagoan, as a Chicagoan, I'm sure you've been watching The Last Dance, Michael Jordan's docuseries. You know, you, you already know. <laughs> well, Leon has. I haven't. I haven't. I, I, uh, I've been like. You have I, to I've turn in your it. Chicago card. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Robert, you can, just so you know, Robert, you can watch it at any time. It, it I mean, airs every Sunday, the mm -hmm. next two episodes. But you can watch recaps anytime on the app. It's probably going to win a lot of awards. It's probably the highest rated thing on TV right now. It's genius. Um, yeah, wow. it's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, I got people that ain't even into basketball. It's just, when you hear the stories behind what happened, and Robert, you, you know, being from Chicago and having yeah. gone through that, remember those Michael Jordan, me, I've known Michael Jordan personally since he was a freshman in college, so I'm just really, you know, riveted, but it's, yeah, you can check it out, Robert, check it out, I think you're really gonna... I will. Now that you knew him personally, like, y'all are, like, cool and friends, like, he's sending you Jordans, y'all, like, going to the games. Wait a minute, you used to sit courtside with Michael? No, I sit courtside at the Knick games. At the Knick games, okay. Yeah. I do remember you sitting courtside. We posted you a few times. So we, what, you and Michael are friends? Tell me about this. <laughs> well, I, 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 I knew Michael when he was a freshman in college because uh -huh. when, I, when, I um, when I played ball, um, yes. one yeah. of my, one of my one of, I, I was an all-everything basketball player and my friend who played was the captain of the team, the one who gave Michael a pass for the championship. When he, when he hit that shot for the championship. And so I used to go down to Carolina and play ball with those guys. That's how I know Worthy and all those guys. It's because that's where the best run was at during the that's summer. So I've known Michael since then. And, um, you know, over the years, we spent time. I even spent, I had a birthday dinner with him. One of my birthdays I spent with him in, in, in Oak. And, well, yeah, so, I mean, I've known him for a long time. And it's, um, you know, it's interesting to see him air himself out like this because, you know, he's such a private <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, he's just, you know, he's just basically telling it all right now. I think uh, my, my cousin was like, I think it's that drink, because his drink that's sitting next to him is like a, a like a triple, not just a single. It's like a triple. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, they, they done got this man lit so he could open up and talk. Um, yeah, but okay. you know, but what's interesting about it is if, um, well, we're not here to talk about that documentary, but you yeah, can yeah, find, yeah. <laughs> find out the backstory of how it got made and how okay. it was released like that, because that that's very interesting. Okay. 
Cool. Um, so you all have, during, during the actual Five Heartbeats, you all were working with, I mean, other legends. And I'm sure to you, because you were, I mean, they were already legends. I'm sure it was like, oh my God, they're like stepping on this set, like Diane Carroll and John Witherspoon, who I don't know if he, I don't know, that was the 90s. He was pretty, he was very well known at that point, I, I assume. He was to me, I don't know if he was to everybody else, but um, people like Diane Carroll and, and, and him. Um, what was it like working with people like that? Like, what are some stories that you remember um, about legends like that and meeting them for the first time? Well, you, you I, just, I just wanna say one thing. <laughs> for me, well, other, yeah, other than, you know, one of Nicholas Brothers, too, of course, that's, that, mm -hmm. that was legendary. But um, Diane Carroll, that was an interesting situation because I remember when she was going to be on the set, like me telling my mom, it's like, for me, I'm like, mom, like, I'm really doing it now. Right. <laughs> you know, like, Diane Carroll's I'm working with Diane like, Carroll, Because okay. when, when I was a kid, okay, there is no one finer than Diane Carroll. Absolutely not, yes. Nobody. Right. Like, hands down, but there was nobody else, period, <laughs> on a TV right. show or nothing right. with Diane Carroll. But it was like, yo, I mean, you followed her all the way to Dynasty, whatever, like, mm -hmm. Diane was like... It. She, she, was, she was acting royalty, she was good-looking royalty, mm -hmm. she was fashion royalty. Yeah. She was like... Everything. You know, and, it's, and it's like... She was one of those people like I didn't really know how to greet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, do I bow? Like, 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 I knew I couldn't just walk over like, "What's up?" You know, like I, I had to be like, "Yo, like, okay, so, you know, I got to be right." You know what I'm saying? It's like, we could walk know, up there and say, "What's up?" Yeah, yeah. You know, she's uh, that was special for me. That was special. Aww. And what about you, Robert? Uh, you know what? Uh, um, Harold Nicholas of the Nicholas Brothers. I mean, Leon's legendary. absolutely legendary. You, you talk about um, being a kid and watching that black and white footage of them tap dancing on top of the stairs and doing the splits and coming down. Uh, it was just an honor. I mean, because he represents, you know, like old, old Hollywood where we didn't have many people of color at all. And they were where other people were shuffling and kind of, you know, talking differently. When they danced, they had the tuxedos and they were just, you know, the most amazing. So, it, it, you know, I, I mean, and let me say this, you talk about in front of the camera, you know, but behind the camera, we also had Michael Peters who did all the Michael Jackson videos. He was uh, our choreographer. Uh -huh. So it was like, you know, and Ruth Carter did the wardrobe and, Ruth just oh my gosh, she did. Yeah, Ruth, Ruth Carter did the work, you know. So, so but, 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 Ruth, but Ruth was a baby then. Yeah, <laughs> she is a legend. Okay. Yes. And well, finally getting her due. I'm saying I'm so happy that she's getting her due because yes. she so deserves it. Not just for what she does, but just as a person. I mean, she was someone that I clicked with immediately she can tell you, and any wardrobe person can tell you, like. <laughs> I walk into wardrobe, but I usually hear this. Um, yeah, um, I heard that you're pretty um, meticulous about what you should be wearing and oh. how things should go down. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess. I mean, 
I think about things, you know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> like you gonna say something? I thought this was going somewhere else. Okay. Yeah, okay. no, 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 no. But I like about my wardrobe, about like hair and stuff like that. Like uh -huh. I'll be like, I'll be on it. I'm like, okay. when I get to the set, I kind of have an idea what I'm supposed to be looking like. Oh, I know <laughs> directors get on you get on directors' nerves probably. Like they have this pro this one vision. You like, no, nah, that's that's not gonna work for me, Doug. It's not gonna work. <laughs> no, I know. I don't really think that because I think that most of the times that at least it's been in my career for the most part, Robin can tell you different. I think a director appreciates that. He sure, appreciates input. someone mm -hmm. who, who goes to that great length for his character. That's one less thing he has to worry about. Sure. That's, sure. that's real. I mean, that's real talk. I mean, because the more detail, because, you know, like when I look at the five heartbeats, I had so many things to think about. And when it's one less thing that I have to think about, and if an actor has a vision, sometimes actors don't have a vision. They don't know, they just go like, tell me, you know, and I go like, why are you in that? As opposed to having a vision for the character. And I love it, I love it. Okay. Um, and I can, tell you, I can tell you an example of it because you know, Robert directed me in The Little Richard Story. Oh my gosh. So, Y'all go um, way you back. Know, which, is, which, is, which is quite a bit of, well, quite a few outfits to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I have to tell you something, because of that kind of relationship and Robert already, we have not worked and stuff like that, you know, most of the time, as I, I would come out of wardrobe and Robert would see me for the first time in whatever I was wearing and be just like, yeah, let's go. You know what I'm saying? That works. It's like, it's like you, I can see you put the time into this. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's right. Let's go. Love it. Yeah. And which is great it. because he's, he's painting the frame. He's painting yeah. the frame and all the things around me. You don't worry about me. Yeah. He knows that, that he knows he, if it's a performance scene, Playback, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's worried about all the things around me. He's not worried about me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And that, and I think most directors would consider that a luxury. Oh yeah, input. I mean, of course. And you're then you'll own that role even more because you put that into it. Why would you not? Yeah, of course, of course. But just, just, just so you know, I mean, this is how I think. I don't know how pe other people think or mm -hmm. actors think. Mm -hmm about owning a role or whatever, any role that is great to me is a combination between the actor and the director. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's never just the actor. Yeah. Okay. And the people, that's what they see, but it's not that, you know, it's like you can, you can go take a Picasso and you go put it in one of them little frames from Staples, it ain't gonna look like a Picasso. Right. You know, Real you talk. Have, right. So you have to, you have to make sure that the director, you have to make sure that the person that's directing you is framing you right, is having you in the right scenes, has the right people doing the scenes with you, mm -hmm. has the right music, like all that stuff. That scene yep. is great because he made it great. You're in it, you might be the driving force, but all this around me- He framed it, right. I had nothing to do with it. Right. <laughs> so Love it's it. always a combination between the actor and the director. Even if the, act, even if the director, totally lets the actor go and doesn't do anything. He still, that's a great credit to have. That's what Phil Jackson used to do with the Bulls. Ah. They say, how can you <laughs> can't handle Rodman? Well, Rodman, because Phil Jackson, I just let him be himself. Yep. That's why. That's why I got the most out of him. But he's still framed where he's letting him be himself in. Oh, exactly. He puts him in and out the game. He knows mm -hmm. what to take him in to reel him in and reel him out. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I gotta say, so, so let me let me say something. This documentary is that good? 
Oh, it, oh, yes. It's oh, yes. So, I almost cried on the first episode because I, again, I'm born and raised in Chicago, and that is watching. And I was born during that time of Michael being there with, like, you know, the Horace Grants and the Dennis Rodmans and all that. That's all I knew. That's how I learned about basketball. And you know, well, Chicago. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. And you, and you like ball, too. And you yeah. Ball. I guarantee you, you watch 15 minutes of the doc. And you're gonna binge watch, binge watch the rest of it. Oh, the for sure. And you I know mean, that's, all, mean, that's all we know in Chicago. Ten, it's ten episodes. I think oh, okay. we're on. Yeah, but but it's, but we're on the six now, so you could probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. probably watch all six right now because the new they air two every Sunday. Every Sunday. So yesterday and then they was repeat them all during the week, and then it's really cool because then you watch like First Take or um, Sports Center, and they bring on the combatants that were on. Yes. Did so you like see when Steve Isaiah Kerr came was, on? Isaiah was on all last week. Oh, week yes. About, <laughs> oh, don't tell, don't say, don't tell, don't tell, don't tell me. Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, no, I'm just saying, we're just going to see interviews. Yeah. You're going to see interviews about people having to talk about what really happened in their yeah. mind yeah. during this doc. Yeah. You know? Okay, I, I'm going to watch it today. I'm going to watch it today. I'm going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. So people were, um, apparently, people were a little, maybe not people, some groups were wondering, hey, is this story about me from, you know, the Temptations to the Dells and all these people? And apparently, you all were saying this is loosely based on male groups, period. It's not one in particular, but it kind of was. Maybe you were just trying to be, you know, save your legal ass. I'm not sure, but it kind of, it kind of well, was. No, 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 no. In, in, in the documentary, we discussed that it was my love of the temptations that started the journey. Right. But then you, you got to watch the documentary because there's a twist that happens. Right. So right. early on, uh, the, the, the genesis for the idea started when the temptations broke up. So that's where it started. Right. And, then and you were fascinated you watch, by that. Right. And then when you watch the documentary, you'll see what happened. And then the Dells became a part of the journey as well. Right. So the Dells added a lot of value, but you, I don't want to give it away, but it's, it's kind of like, uh, the documentary is not like a normal documentary. There are right, stories right. in it. And right. so there's a story about how, you know, it starts with the temptations breaking up, but then something happens in the, in the journey. Um, and people- Yeah, were, I, I just want, I just want oh, to add yeah. something um, about the documentary, which is why we're here. Um, you know, this documentary, like Robert said, is not an ordinary documentary. And um, it's a story um, about a, a young boy's dream. And, and it's amazing how it unfolds and it happens to be the culmination is this movie. And it's a beautiful story because you think you're going to see a story about just the making of this movie that you love and you wind up seeing a young boy's dream who, who becomes a man mm -hmm. who, you know, it all culminates with this movie and, it, and, it, and it's really nice. Mm -hmm. And um, also, um, and, and, and on that same vein, I, and Robert can tell you more about this because I don't know. Robert recently has been performing a one-man play. And um, it's a great one-man play. I really enjoyed it. And, he's, and a lot of this movie, about, about of his life is in this one-man story. I don't know what you're doing with that, Robert, but if, if you do it anymore, people look out and see if Robert's performing his one-man show. It's worth seeing. I was happy I was able to fly out to Berkeley and go check him out. And um, yeah, love it. If you love, no, the, it's, it's, if you love, if you love the documentary, you're gonna love his one man show too. 
Thank you, thank, thank you for the plug. No, hey, nothing like a plug living, from a friend, huh? It's called Living the Shuffle. I was doing it in Berkeley, and he flew up to Berkeley to see the show and surprised me. And I was like, you know, totally thrown off. But it's my journey as an artist. So I've been, you know, I was going to take it on tour, but then the whole virus thing happened. And right. so, you know, but, um, but yeah, yeah, but, but no, it's, it's the journey. I mean, the documentary is, is this story of a little boy who has a dream and it's my second movie after Hollywood shuffle. And it is an amazing kind of dance. And I, I just can't, you know, I want audiences to see it. And like I said, you know, umc.tv, yes. they can watch it today for free for 30 days. Yes, you yes. got to go to umc.tv and, you know, watch it. It's free. I know you all like free stuff, especially if you're home alone. Don't tell me <laughs> you ain't got time to watch it because you're not you're home. Ain't nothing you're but time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do people think, because I've, I've read this online, does Barry Gordy actually think that Big Red is him? That's what people want to know. Hmm. Well, I haven't I heard that before. You haven't heard never, that? No. Yeah. Um, no, I, I heard I heard that uh, Suge, Suge Knight loves the five heartbeats and people think that he kind of emulated, you know, Big Red's ways. Suge Knight? Suge Knight thinks everything is about him. <laughs> so, I don't like know. literally everything. <laughs> Why, well, you know, why would you okay well, you know what though the thing is the thing with sugar is that when he enters a room it usually is about him true Positive or negative. true that's true <laughs> you're right <laughs> wow um okay all right um so oh by the way um oh that's what i meant to ask you you all talked about in the documentary about certain people who um, either auditioned and didn't get it or almost auditioned and ended up not being able to do it. And it was like names like R. Kelly and stuff like that, which still is absolutely hilarious to me. But you said that Whitney passed up, Whitney Houston passed up a role in the movie um, because she, her team wanted her to do something bigger and that ended up being the bodyguard. But what I wanted to know is, what was your relationship, or either of you, your relationship with Whitney Houston? Did you know her before you start talking to her about auditioning, or was that like your first interaction? And what was the relationship like after that? Um, well, you know, uh, you know, I was living in New York when she was, you know, starting out and she was about to break. And so I was around, you know, in the village when she was doing her first, you know, concert performing to get signed with uh, the record label. Mm -hmm. uh, once she blew up, uh, I was just thinking about uh, her to play Baby Doll in the Five Heartbeats. Right. And so I met with her and her dad in New York because he had an office on 57th Street. And uh, I pitched my heart out. I talk about it in a documentary. And she eventually said no, but then here's the kicker. When the film finally came out, one of the first calls I got was from Whitney okay. to say how much she loved the movie and she uh -huh. regretted that she wasn't a part of it. So, you know, but she was just she was just a sweetheart, just a beautiful energy, just great person. Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, we were in London together when uh, they were doing the 70th birthday for Nelson Mandela. And I introduced her on stage and she sang Precious Lord. So I just remember, you know, we've had some interaction. Not a bit in tears. Mm. You, Leon, did you know her? I had met, um, I had met, I had met um, Whitney until I was doing Waiting Exit. 
Oh, yeah. And uh, and we really didn't talk much. You know, I, I saw us like that. And I remember one time um, at a, um, to the war show, it's like that. She walked over to me and she was like, yeah, yeah, I see you. I'm watching you. I'm watching you. Yeah, I see what you're doing. <laughs> and I was like, we all saw. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> You know what she meant. She likes bad boy. Well, she likes bad boys. We all know. We all know. Um, what is, um, oh, wait, okay. I do have a question randomly that popped into my head while I was watching the Five Heartbeats back. Was that wiggery happening or was that real tresses in y'all's head? That was, uh, no, no, no. Um, wiggery means wigs. No, no, no. Oh, 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 no. I has real. Everyone, yes. Huh? Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. No. Yeah. Everybody yeah. had their real hair. That was everybody's real hair. Well, here, here's the thing. What you discover in the documentary is that we shot the movie in reverse. Okay. We shot the end of, so everything is in reverse. So, right. uh, you know, I asked everybody to grow their hair as long as possible, facial hair and everything, and then we started to chisel away. Like this is what they're going to look like in the '70s. This is okay. what they're going to look like in the 60s. This is what they look like in the 80s. So we kind of did the movie in reverse. Right. So we, we started shooting with the church, Eddie and the church scene first, and then everything started, and then we would change. Our hair was packed compacted down, yes. uh, long hair, and then we picked it out, cut it, shaved it, afros, and then we got it to the 60s, and then we had to have our hair processed. I mean, what do you remember, Leon? Well, I remember it being... Processed. Fried, dyed, and laid <laughs> to the side. That's what I remember. I saw those rap sheets. I was like, wait a minute. Are they really wrapping their hair? Like, this is blowing my mind right now. Well, I you know, the it. crazy thing is because, you know, Robert knew that, you know, once you do that to your hair, you can't spring it back. No. So, right. So, he knew that. So, he had to make sure everything was shot. And then we all got our hands in. But the thing is, after the movie, your hair is still fried. Yes. So... It Should was crazy it for a while for me because, you know, when you do the movie, you got to go off and start doing other stuff, yeah. you know, or make yeah. appearances or whatever. So I found myself at least twice having to get it touched up in the back and stuff and get it, re <laughs> and get it re relaxed. Or I was going to look crazy because I had this part looking right all, all long and straight. And this part started to get curl up and say, I'm like, I can't be doing it. I can't be. People can't see me like this. I got Welcome to, I got to the world be, of women. Welcome. I got to either be <laughs> Elvis or I got to cut all of it off. <laughs> Listen, it's one. Welcome to our world. Like, this is what we go through on a daily basis. And we usually want to cut all of our hair off as well. Like, it is what it is. Um, so, um, what, what, I do want to ask y'all one last question, but we'll get to that in a minute. But what is next for you guys? What is happening? project-wise? What are you working on now? What can your fans look forward to seeing you in next? Uh, well, tomorrow, uh, I directed an episode of The Last OG yes. and, uh, with Tracy Morgan, but I have an all-star cast. Uh -huh. So Cat Williams is on the show. No. Linnell is on the show. J.B. Smoove is on the show. The legend himself, John Amos, is on the show. Wow. And so it airs tomorrow, uh, 10.30 LA time. And I don't know what time it airs back on the East Coast, but the last OG. So that's tomorrow. And then, like I said, uh, the last OG, I don't know. It, it's 10.30 in LA. I don't know what time oh, it is. Oh, they must delay it. Okay, then. 
It must yeah, be 10 30 be. here then too. Yeah, because it can't oh, be yeah. it would that would be one thirty in the morning for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why I was yeah. like, I don't you know, but yeah. you know, because it's you know, you know, Tracy is it's edgy and you know, but oh, it it's is really, late night. Yeah, it's really, really good. So so that's tomorrow. And then like I said, I've been just I'm I'm writing right now a new project, so I'm locked in the room writing. Very nice. Cool. You should Robert sure. post that man by tomorrow. Yeah, I am, I am, I am. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. Post that because uh, people people will, will watch it for sure. Especially with people talking about like if Cat Williams should be battling Kevin Hart in an IG com comedian battle, like perfect time to talk about this. <laughs> what do you um, think? Who do you think would win that battle? Uh, Cat Williams for <laughs> sure. Yeah, but you know <laughs> for sure. But you know, check it out, right? But, but listen, it doesn't. It wouldn't make any sense <laughs> for Kevin to do that. <laughs> Ew. What it, it, really I mean, makes no, it makes no sense for Kevin. To do why? That. Because he would lose? No. I mean, oh. it, but it's, it's not even about whether he would lose or that. If he wins, so what? He's already bigger than a comedian. If he loses, he's just, he just right. lost. And why are you taking a right. loss? Right. Right. Yeah. Usually, when you go in, usually it only makes sense for you to go in to something versus somebody. To get something. Is if winning gets you something. Yeah. If winning is not going to get you something, that's real. What, I think what, that, I'm in, what, what I'm going in there to lose? <laughs> no, I think that Kevin likes, because he is where he is because of publicity. And this will definitely get him that publicity. But is it worth it? I don't know. But, but don't he know. don't need it. He don't need it. He don't need it. But I will watch because <laughs> Cat Williams cracks me the hell up. So, yeah. Like, like the, reason, the reason for him to do that would be, say he was boys with Cat. Right. And he want to bring, he want to make he sure. to help him out. He, yeah, he want to make sure Cat getting his shine. Right. So let's go, let's go do this, man. People going to love it. Let's blow it out. We'll see what happens. Back where you need to be. Like, <laughs> that would make sense. Right. Right? But if I'm, but if I'm talking, I'm like, Cat, hey, what you doing this for? <laughs> right. We'll see. You never know. Um, and you, Leon, what's next for you? I don't know. <laughs> you have you know, so many things no, you're no, no, working I mean, on. I mean, there's a cloud. There's a cloud of uncertainty over here. I can tell oh, you that. On yeah. March, I can tell you on March 13th, I had three jobs. Yeah. And by that evening, I had no jobs. Yeah. I'm on a series on Showtime. I was on a national tour play, and my band just got booked to do the Tom Joyner cruise. Oh, nice. And next thing I know, gone. And and can't tell you when. When it's coming back. Yeah, when it's coming back. I mean, it has to come back. I don't think anything, well, you know, I take that back because some people might just stay gone, but you know, you never know. I think it's more of a chance Yeah, we don't know. I mean, it, there's just so much uncertainty. Yeah. There's just so much, you know, it's, it's like- tricky. I, I can, like I was reading the article the other day, I don't know if it was a deadline or someplace of variety, where they were talking about what it would be like when we go back to work. Yeah. And the changes that there would be. And it, it just seems surreal. You I know. know? I know. They're, telling, they're, saying that they're saying that all cast, I mean, all below the line people have to wear masks and gloves around any of the talent. Because, you know, if none of the talent can ever get sick, because that will stop the production. Right. So basically, they're saying anybody below the line can get sick. But just make sure you don't make sure when the actors get sick, you know. Wow, and it just seems weird. It's just yeah, it's yes. just a weird, it's yes. just a weird thing. Because the thing is, with actors, 
we have to be on top of one another. Yes. We have to be, able to be intimate with one another. We, we can't tell stories if we're social distancing. Right. I don't know. It, it almost is like we really won't get back to anywhere near normal until we get a vaccine. Like that's, that's probably going to be the closest time that anything's even near normal. But until then, I don't know. How are y'all dealing with this quarantine? Like family-wise, are you able to see, like Leon, you said you're on the East Coast or West Coast right now? I'm on the East Coast missing my daughter who's on the West Coast. Oh, no. yeah. So you can't even see her. I can't see my parents either, so. But yeah, how I, how I see my daughter is the way I'm seeing you, unfortunately. Oh. Mm. So how are y'all dealing with this? How is being in, being, I don't know if you live alone, but being mostly alone all this time, how's that going for you and the family? Oh, well, I mean, I'm having a wonderful time. I mean, my kids, oh. uh, they made me breakfast the other day. Yesterday, we had brunch and stuff. So we still keep our social distance, but they, you know, they'll cook and then we laugh and talk. But, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just taking this uh, time to just reset and just uh, get deeper into my spirit and just relax. I mean, it's a beautiful time. I know a lot of people have, have lost their jobs, and, but I know everything is going to come back. It's just a little crazy time right now, but I just think that this is a beautiful time to refocus and reset your energies. So I'm just taking advantage okay. of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wait, are y'all both quarantining as a couple with someone or as a solo person? In I'm solo. Home? I'm solo. Yeah. I, oh, I can't. okay. So, I, mean, I mean, well, I wish, I mean, there's, you know, I wish I could get over there, but I'm, I don't want to die. Go, so, get over where? where, where, where <laughs> Robert, Robert, Robert where, exactly where you trying to get over. Right, get over to where? Yeah, where you trying to go, right? Uh, Where's there to go? To, to this young lady's house. Oh, What's her wait name? a minute now. What's her name? Hmm? What's, her, What's name? her name? Yeah. I can't say on this because of social media. It's social distancing. <laughs> oh, okay. Everything is social distancing, Leon. So y'all decided... Even if you say a, even if you say a person's Thank name... Text me, text me a picture. <laughs> oh, not this interview, picture. this interview is over. <laughs> I'm out of here. Wait. So you decided not to quarantine together. Cool. And Leon, you decided to not quarantine with another person either. I mean, I understand. I understand. I'm actually happy. Like, I don't know about y'all, but my friends that are married with kids are going through it. So I'm like, well, shit, I'm happy. I'm over here solo, dolo, and thriving and flourishing in my own abode. I don't know about y'all. Mm-hmm. That's just how I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, the question is, you haven't thought about it, though? You know, like, if a guy could come over and just wear you know a mask? What? I actually, like, men irritate me these days, so not really. But there are every now and then... <laughs> Like, you know, you get like, because people, people doing the most with these quarantine calls, you know, like, yo, I'm just, you know, checking on you, making sure everything good, haven't talked to you in a while. You know how y'all men do. You know how y'all do. I love that every now and then. I love the way you say, you say, every now and then. Now and then, not, not usually. Because you know how y'all, you know how y'all are. So when y'all decide to. You know how y'all men you know, are. You know, you know the only difference between us and you? That we more now than then. And you more then than now. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so when they decide to that they are bored at home and in the house bored and want to, you know, 
to be like, send up a bat signal, like, yo, I'm just making sure you're okay. You know, I'm just making sure you all good, that you fit, that you staying safe. You know how y'all do, the way y'all like to check up on women. Um, then I'm like, you know what, should I be? No, no, I ain't gonna do it. No, I ain't gonna do it. So that's that's the extent of that. I mean, let me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Do you think do you think people are doing booty calls? Oh, yes. I heard that they are like I heard on these. I'm not on these apps anymore, but I heard the apps are popping and people are definitely meeting up in person because look at people are meeting up in person just to like go do the absolute most in restaurants right now, like, or just walking around and meeting up in parking lots and doing parties. So of course they're hooking up after hours at home by themselves together. Yeah. See, I, wow. see I, I think that's not the case. What do you think I, is going on? Everybody's celibate right now? Well, let me tell you something. I actually think this right here, I was joking around about this about three weeks ago. I was, was talking to some of my friends on Zoom, and I was like, fellas, <laughs> did you ever get this impression that maybe women planted this? Oh, gosh. Because just think about this. This puts an end to fucking around all together. Oh, Ain't nobody looking oh, yes. up with nobody they don't know. Nobody's trying to do that. And right? also cheaters are struggling right now. Oh no, no, no. That's out. That's out. That's what I'm saying. That's that. If if you wanted this, this put a clamp on everything. Nobody worried about nobody <laughs> looking up with nobody they don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't even want to look up people I do know right now. Like, I'm so paranoid. So, and no, even people you know. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's they're not in the house with you. They're not in the house with you. You're not thinking about doing anything. But people are doing it because you know, there's always that one person you'll risk it all for. Like, somebody posted a pic. Uh, Reggie Bush posted a picture today, and I was like, you know what? If the if if there was somebody that wasn't Reggie Bush, but he looked like that. I might risk it all. You never know. You never know. Sometimes it gets in your head and you're like, nah, nah, I'm good. So yeah, sometimes. <laughs> if Halle Berry said, come over, because now is the time, like I'm bored. You telling me you're not going to at least think like. Well, uh, 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 I would be oh, over no. there like this. Yes, Halle. <laughs> 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 I cannot. I can't. No, no, no comment. <laughs> oh, you, uh, you, oh, you just gonna play? Okay, all right. He's already been there, done that, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but so y'all know about Demon Time? Y'all heard about that? Demon Time? Mm-hmm. No, what's that? Demon right. Time is what I don't know if you heard Beyonce's new remix to Meg Thee Stallion's "Savage." We know who Meg Thee Stallion is, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. The most if gorgeous she up, rapper Megan ever. Right? You, you <laughs> so you hear from Megan too. You'll risk it all for her too. Okay. <laughs> our favorite, our favorite rapper right now, Meg Thee Stallion, has a huge hit song called Savage, and it actually has like half a billion views on TikTok, and now it's just like blowing up everywhere. Um, and so Beyonce decided to bless us all right before my birthday because I mean it's duh. I'm her biggest fan, so that's why she did it. Um, she blessed us with a remix for her fellow H-Town hottie. And she mentioned about OnlyFans and Demon Time. So OnlyFans. I, I love the OnlyFans and Demon Time. Demon Time is one of my favorite shows. No, it's not a show. It's not a show. Not a show. It is a show. It's like this. He goes, he's like this. Come on, honey, take it off, baby. Come on, do it again. Let me oh. See that. Where's your, where's your, <laughs> I know who you're talking about. App. 
You got yes. your carrot apple on. Yes. Come on now, honey. Yes. Him. And then also Tory Lane's quarantine radio. So y'all are y'all already know about all that. Yes. Y'all are here for it? Oh, okay. Let me find out y'all up in Demon You, you got a cash app, honey? Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> you got to go. You out of here. You out of here. That is so funny. I, I actually thought Leon would be the main one that was doing that. Not you, Mr. Robert Townsend. But no, I, Robert, let me say, Robert's shocking me right now. <laughs> I'm doing research. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I well, see. Well, look, if y'all are not going to hook up in person, OnlyFans and Demon Time and Quarantine Radio is all there for you on IG Live and on OnlyFans.com. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to exactly. do. Exactly. This girl's a demon right here. You got a demon <laughs> in you. You's a demon, girl. Come on now. I am dying. I cannot believe you know exactly what I'm talking about. I cannot believe it. I know your daughter is like, no, get off the oh, interview. <laughs> Sorry, Sky and Sierra. Sorry. It's demon time, boy. What up, girl? You get out of you out of here. You out of here. Getting caught up like DJ Khaled yesterday, where some chick was twerking as soon as. Da- Danny, Danny, I'm asking you to intercede and stop Robert right now, please. Are you still on this call? Please intercede. Oh, we're ready to be done. <laughs> so funny. Oh my god. Demon time. Robert's gone into demon time right now. So we, and my we, dog is so annoyed. Um, okay, guys. You all are amazing. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Um, would you stop it? Thank you so much for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. And obviously, you can go look at the watch and binge, whatever you got to do. The the um, the making of the five heart beats documentary on UMC. Um, what is the exact URL again, guys? Uh, it is dot TV. Got it. Free trial going on right now. No excuses, guys. And we're going to also post it on our podcast page as well. So thank you so much for this. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Thanks. What's your cash app? What's your cash app? I'm not doing no cash app with you. Thanks, guys. And we'll be looking forward to everything y'all are doing next. Definitely, without a doubt. I appreciate that. Stay safe and quarantine, guys. Everybody stay safe. Everybody be strong. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.